Thank you for joining us today. We're joined by Brittany McMurrin. We're going to be speaking about patients won't pay for IPL on the OI show. The OI show wants to thank Luminous for their support of this podcast. Luminous is the inventor of the IPL. I'm sure you knew that. They've presented the first and only IPL that is FDA approval for the management of dry eye disease due to MGD. Introducing OptiLite, a bright solution for dry eyes. Elevate dry eye management within your practice with Luminous's patented Optimal Pulse technology. Get the safe, precise, comfortable, and effective therapy that your patients need to manage dry eye disease with OptiLite. Now back to the show. Thanks again for joining us. We're joined by Brittany McMurray. It's great to see you, Brittany. Thanks for joining us for the OI show. Of course. Always good to see you. Yes. I love, I, I love getting to know you a bit more. We've lectured together about dry eye together, which has been an absolute hoot. Tell us a little bit about you and your practice and um, what you do. Yeah. So um, I'm based out of Southern California. I have been fortunate enough to actually open three dry eye practices. And I've been lucky enough to be working in research the entire time. So I've had the ability to test every single dry eye device on the market most of the time before it came on market. Wow. That's awesome. So, I, I didn't know that about you. That's incredible. Oh yeah. I've been, uh, I've been in research almost 20 years now. Yeah. So, um, it's been really nice to be able to compare all of the, the technologies and see which ones do well in which clinic and what kind of setting. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I want to speak specifically about technology around um, around IPL, and you and I brought in IPL at about the same time. I wanted to have a little bit of a conversation around um, around be, it being a, a bit of a higher cost item for patients. One of the things I hear practitioners oftentimes say is, well, my patients aren't going to pay for that. I don't have the patient base to pay for this. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the country. Um, when people see that there is a value to something for something they need, I think oftentimes they'll make that switch. But it's oftentimes hard for us as practitioners to really get over that hump of that higher cost item. And you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a big investment and then I'm going to have to return on that investment. And that means I'm going to have to present this to patients. When you have opened these practices, when you've brought in technologies and specifically speaking to IPL, how did you work through, before you even saw a patient, how am I going to present this to patients and get over that hump of that higher cost discussion? So I had actually started with Lipaflow as the higher ticket item that I had for my very first practice because that was available 11 years ago. Um, and I did learn quite a few lessons from bringing mm. that in. Mm -hmm. And I found a few things. Me being the one to tell the patient what the price is made it seem like less of a sales pitch. Mm. I am recommending this treatment. It is X amount for four sessions. We have two different options. How would you like to schedule this? Mm. And I do that after I spend a little bit of time with the patient. What are the symptoms? kind of showing them what I'm seeing, you know, maybe the lid margins are swollen, maybe those glands are blocked, and then pairing what I'm seeing with the types of um, treatments that are available. Yeah. So by so, the time I get through that and link it to what it is they initially came in complaining about, 
they're already kind of invested in the solution. Yeah. I think what you just said is you, you, you coined it back to something else that you learned from in that was in your case, uh, thermal pulsation with lippy flow is a higher price item. I think one of the things that all of us have in our practices, regardless of whether you have other dry eye treatments or whatever it may be, is you already have a high ticket item. That might be a progressive lens that you're presenting to a first time progressive wearer. And now there's, you know, instead of spending three or $400 on a pair of glasses, they're spending six, seven or eight or nine. And, and like, well, you know, patients are going to pay that because they need it. Right. And so it seems as if, as we talk about, and we get over that, that hump is we're, we're convinced in our own mind that the patient needs those progressives. Maybe the reason is that people are hesitant to bring in these higher cost items because maybe they're not convinced themselves and they're just using that higher dollar amount as an excuse. Do you think that may be the case and how, how can we go about getting over that? I I can absolutely see that being the case. I have suffered from severe, severe dry eye my entire life. So Mm. when I get to bring in technology and I see that it works, Mm -hmm. it's very easy for me to help the patient see the value in it. Now, not everybody who's looking to purchase one of these has dry eyes and can have the miraculous benefits that I see. Um, But in just talking to some of my colleagues and letting them know just the insane, insane success rates we've been having. Yeah. It's, it's been really helpful. And we actually had um, practices sending patients to us specifically for the IPL before their doctor finally got their own, once they were seeing how fantastic the results were. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if we, as we've had, you know, the FDA approval for OptiLite and how we've, we've had more and more practices bringing it in, I would say as we've, we've honed our clinical uh, exposure and experience to it, because you and I both have talked about how we've become more effective with our IPL. I think when I first started using it, Maybe the clinical outcomes weren't quite as good as I thought they would be, but now we've honed and gotten better about how we're doing it. Those clinical outcomes have gotten way better and our patients are seeing those benefits, but also we can look to the research to show how effective it is. So I would say that if you don't feel that your patients would pay for it, maybe one of the things is that you haven't educated yourself appropriately about the clinical outcomes that your patients will benefit. You think that? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably the case. Where could people find more of that information? Where, where did you find information about it? So the luminous website, which is the IPL we happen to use, um, they have a ton of resources mainly because they've done the most research. They published, published the most about it and Mm. they're the longest running IPL company. So you're able to hop on there, get up, bunch of resources there. And they even have resources for patient education as well, which mm-hmm. I have found very helpful. Mm. And I would say one other thing, if you are hesitant about bringing the technology in, have it done on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because at first I was worried about, is this going to be too uncomfortable for patients? Am I going to feel badly doing this to patients and seeing them wince? Yeah. yeah. I had the treatment done on myself, actually in the middle of a conference hall. And I walked out 15 minutes later, bought the device because it was that comfortable and I was that impressed. <laughs> it wasn't as, as, as zappy as you thought it was going to be. When, when we when we looked into um, bringing IPL and we did an extensive literature on our own, but we also 
Um, and we also have the luminous device we got from them. And I'm, I'm a big nerd in this way is we got from them a packet of all of the literature that was out there. And that's the science of it. And we know also that not all IPLs are created equal, um, you know, as with anything that's out there, just because you put a name on it doesn't mean that it's as effective. And so when looking at the research, I would also highly recommend to you to look at the device that was used in that research, just because it says IPL does this doesn't mean that every device that is out there is the same. So let's let's switch over to now you have the device in your clinic and you have now uh, seen your patient. What are the things that you see clinically that say, and you alluded to this earlier, what are the things in clinical practice that you see that say, hey, I should be sending this patient over for an IPL procedure. This is a patient that would benefit from it. What are the things you see clinically? So oftentimes... Patients have MGD, that's right, 86% of our dry eye patients. Um, So just knowing that there's inflammation in the glands, in the lid, is sometimes enough of a trigger. If I see those tiny little telangiectatic vessels creeping in along the lid margin or just thickening, if you ever press on that lid margin, it kind of rolls over your finger. um, That's another sign that I can explain to the patient. There's a source of inflammation that if we don't get rid of, will continually cause the cycle to repeat. Yeah. Yeah. And the more I started looking for it, the more I started seeing. I'm sure you had the same experience. No, it's exactly this exactly the same thing. You know, we just had an approval for Tarsus with uh with for for Demodex, right? With uh yes. with their new yesterday, medicine. right? It's exactly it just happened um as of the time of this recording, which is really cool. And it's amazing how many more patients we're seeing with Demodex, right? The same thing applies for when I started reading more and more about IPL. It's amazing the amount of rosacea that I'm starting to notice on my patients where I just kind of bypassed it, didn't really even think about it. Um, For us in our practice, it's anybody with telangiectasia or anybody with uh, rosacea, those patients would benefit. In fact, the history of IPL dates back to the treatment of rosacea for patients. And all of a sudden, these patients had a benefit for their dryness of their eye. And it was like kind of this aha moment 20 years ago. So when we see that a patient has rosacea, the first thought is, well, heck, this patient likely would benefit from IPL and likely um, we, you know, see those telangiectatic vessels. We see those patients with MGD and that just becomes a, hey, and before we had the device, it was, we started making a list of all those patients and we started mentioning, hey, we've got a treatment for this. It's not in our practice yet, but we're acquiring it. So the day that we, you know, we decided to turn the turn the knob and say we're going with IPL, we had a list of patients that were already on the schedule to come in and had already been presented it. Is that similar to what you did in your practice? That was exactly what we did after we purchased it while we were waiting for delivery. I had been speaking to every single patient that I saw that had rosacea that I thought would be a good candidate. And in the beginning, I actually offered a little bit of a discount to the patients that did it first, right. just because I knew I was going to be a little bit slower at it. And I was still building my confidence up. So I'm going to say for maybe the first 10 patients, they got a little bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. We both felt more comfortable with it. And then after that, we're doing them in 20 minutes or less, even for a full face rosacea. Yeah. So sh- share a little bit about, I've you, you've now seen these things clinically 
you've now seen that the patient symptomatically would benefit from this type of treatment. You alluded to that you present the price and that you've, you know, I've, I've seen people come up with seven different options that they can have. It sounds like you've just nailed that down to one or two or three. Talk us through what are the, what are the packages or the programs that you have lined up in your practice that you present to your patients? So originally we were trying to discount if you paid for all four sessions all at once. Okay. And that became more of a hassle than it was worth. So mm-hmm. at this point, we offer just two packages. Otherwise, patients tend to get kind of a decision paralysis. Right, right. And honestly, most patients just want to be told what is the best option for them. Mm-hmm. So I say we can either just just do the eyes with the Optilite, or we can do a little bit more periorbitally to take care of some of that facial rosacea that also contributes to the inflammation in the lids. And those are two separate prices. Okay. They are more than welcome to pay for it all at once. Mm -hmm. Or we also offer to just split that cost into four and they can pay each time they come in, but we make it very clear. You do need to come in for all four. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in our, our practice, you know, something that's kind of interesting, you and I briefly talked about this, but I had so many patients that were really good at their fourth visit, but I, I said, let's do one extra one. So now what we do is we actually do five visits. We've just switched over to doing that um, because I had so many patients that I was wanting to just add on that one fifth visit and just to kind of clean things up just a little bit more. So, so whether you do four, which is what the vast majority of the studies are or five, and some of the visits have uh, some of the studies have five, uh, you just create your pricing around that. And then um, in, in our office, the way we present it is and I think you have had the same thing happen. We thought that once we brought in IPL, the number of of uh, thermal pulsations we do both ILUX and LipiFlow in our practice, we thought that was going to go way down, and it's actually gone way up. We do far more thermal pulsations than we used to do, and so we bundle thermal pulsation with IPL, and that's how we offer it. It's like we're going to do five treatments in a in a thermal pulsation or you only need IPL. Um, and this, so, so when we make that presentation, we only present one of those and exactly the same as you, it's like, this is what you need. This is how much it costs. Let's get you scheduled for that. It's that assumption that we're making. These patients have come in, they're needing something, they're asking for something, they're, you know, they're presenting with something and then we're offering them the solution and then sending them out to get scheduled. Um, I think that's really been a key component for us as well. It sounds like that's been the successful thing to you. You say, let's get you scheduled. Is that what you do? And then send them out to the staff. Do they pay right then or do they pay along the way? How do you, how do you schedule them then for the visit? Does your team do that? So our team actually either comes into the room afterwards to schedule all five appointments because we do the four treatments and then the follow-up because I'm a data nerd and I want to collect all the data I can. And I want to see how amazing they are afterwards compared to where they started. Um, So they schedule all five at once. And then usually people just pay all at once on that first visit. Mm -hmm. I I thought more people would want to pay as they went, like as we went along. And I'm going to say maybe 70% of people just pay it all at once. Yeah. They don't have to worry about it for the next month and a half when they come in. So, you know, the, my patients won't pay excuses why people aren't moving forward with IPL. What has been some things around the pricing 
for those patients? Because there are patients who decide not to do it because of price. It happens all the time. What have been some things that you've been able to 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 use or say over the year uh, over the year or two that you've had IPL to bring those people back around and and then they may end up coming back into it. So the ones who say no at first but they end up coming back, what have you learned that you've said or done that has helped with that? So regardless if they say yes or no to the IPL or the IPL and thermal pulsation gland evacuation, I say this is the most thorough way of treating it. And if they can't do that at the time, I say, we'll start here. Sometimes it's just home therapy. Sometimes it's just the thermal pulsation. But I mentioned just because of the cyclical nature, it may be that those results don't last as long as they could. And I always take that no as a no, not right now. Right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm going to see you again in six months. I'm going to see you again in a year. Maybe you'll be more comfortable with the idea then. Maybe you'll be ready then. And I do send them home with a lot of information on it, mm-hmm. which I do think helps. Um, again, I just get it straight off that website that Luminous provides. And yeah. it's, it's been very helpful that way. Yeah. But I do warn every patient, no matter what treatment we do, that yeah. if you've got those little vessels, it's possible that we're going to have that dry creep back much faster than we want. Mm-hmm. And we know how to control it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I agree with you is that presenting to them what the treatment can do then makes them think about when they leave what they're missing out on, right? They may have some FOMO of I didn't move forward with that and maybe if I had done that procedure, you know, this end of the day dryness or this blurry vision that I'm having throughout the day or, you know, this redness that I have around my eyes, those are things that had I done that procedure, it would have been better. So I think that's bringing up to, you know, I'm, I'm recommending this procedure because you shared with me these symptoms. And with this procedure, this is going to be the most effective way that we're going to solve those things. So we want to bring you back and do that. If that's not right now, let's see you back in three months and check on your symptoms, see if you're doing any better. They're not going to be. And at that three month visit or six month visit, then you review, are you still struggling with these things? And lo and behold, they are. Well, is this the time that you want to move forward with, uh, with this procedure? And it is a quite amazing how your capture rate continues to go up as you become more effective in this. That's what my experience has been. Just the confidence you get seeing these outrageous results. Um, and at some point, I'm going to share all of those results with you, with the world, because um, I've been collecting data for two years now. Just the confidence behind having done a few and seeing what a life-changing difference it is for a lot of people Yeah, makes yeah. it so much easier to recommend. Yeah. And making sure there's no shame around saying no also helps. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you want to try to do this at home, sure. For some people using a hot compress, they're trying to melt butter. It's going to work. For other people, they're trying to melt concrete. It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you can commit to twice a day, every day, we can see how you do in two months. If yeah. two weeks from now you found you've done a single hot compress just because it's not fitting into your schedule, call, let me know. We'll just mm-hmm. bring you back in for the in-office treatment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when a dentist says that somebody has a cavity, they know that cavity is never going to go away, even if the patient doesn't come in to get their cavity filled right now. They just know it's going to get worse and they'll see them back 
maybe they'll have a toothache and they'll complain about it, right? Right. Russ, we know this dry eye is not going to go away. And some of our treatments may be palliative and help a little bit, but eventually they, many of these patients will need a procedure-based treatment to help make them better. And I think having that confidence and that confidence a lot of times goes with the education ahead of time, which there is ample education available, like you've mentioned throughout. Um, and I think that may be one of the things that I've heard is some people have brought it in without the education and the just expectation is that this is going to solve all these patients' problems. You got to know who you're treating. You got to go know what the expectation is for those patients. Those patients with neurotrophic keratitis or neuropathic pain, this may mean this isn't going to solve all their problems, right? right. So it, it's a, it's a tool in the toolbox. And my observation is that patients will pay as long as your confidence is there because you've done your homework. And I think that's a big key aspect of that. Absolutely. And one last thing I'll mention about when you're talking to the patient is you don't have to over-explain everything. Right. In the beginning, I got so excited and I want to tell the patients about the photobiomodulation and it's going to help the elastin and the, and the patients, you have this problem. I can see it here. You reported it. I can fix it. Mm. Photobiomodulation is such a fun thing to talk about and yes. say, right? Uh, my patients don't want to be there for another hour, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, any closing thoughts on I can't bring an IPL because my patients won't pay? So I will say that the area that I'm in, even though I'm San Diego adjacent, mm-hmm. um, is not necessarily a high income per capita place. Right. And we have struggled to sell other things in the past. It has not stopped us at all from being able to treat the patients that genuinely need it mm-hmm. by just demonstrating the efficacy mm-hmm. and us being confident with it. Yeah. And just like anything else, we have to stress, these are your eyes. You get one set. They have to last you your entire life. Yeah. What uh, I, I didn't ask you this question ahead of time, so you may or may not have this. How long did it take for you to pay off or get a return on the investment of the machine? Do you know about how long it took you? It took about four months, but that's Mm. because I was only doing dry eye a day and a half a week. Mm. So a day and a half a week, you were able to pay it off and well, get a return on it in four months. That was also what it was for us. It was just over three months. So I say four months is that the number of patients coming in paid for the device. And then now it's just been able to be revenue for the practice, for investment of other technologies and so forth. So even if it's longer than that for people, right? um, My usual return is that I want to see that I can pay for a device in a year um, so that it's, you know, worth it. And when you can do that in half of that um, Or or a third, in addition to, uh, making patients so much better, right? When we buy an OCT, that's a diagnostic and it doesn't always help us make patients' lives better. It helps us know what's going wrong, but I love it when we can bring in a device that makes patients' lives better because of the treatment. It sets us apart as being unique in our area. And also it helps, it really, really helps the practice as well. So that's uh, that was great. Some really good tidbits and pointers there. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. Stay tuned for future episodes where we talk about other hindrances 
for bringing an IPL to your practice and other incredible episodes from the Optometric Insights Show. 